welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. We are here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, CEO of Clean Technica. And with us today are two experts in sustainability and business from Hitachi. We have Justin Bean. Justin, we've talked with recently. He's a solution and strategy innovation, sustainability and ESG practice expert at Hitachi. And you can give a little more of an introduction in a moment of what you work on, what you've worked on. And we have Jody Hayroth, who is a data center decarbonization lead at Hitachi and works on environmental operations and strategy. Justin, maybe Justin and Jody, both of you, we can start with Justin. A few more words on what you do at Hitachi, what you have done, and why we love you. <laughs> sure, uh, thanks, for, thanks for having us, Zach. So I guess a little bit of background. You know, I've always been interested in sustainability and how it relates to business. How can we leverage the private sector's capabilities and passion and incentives to go out there and solve some of our grand challenges around social, environmental challenges and economic challenges. And so part of that is education in sustainable management, did my MBA in sustainable management over 10 years ago now. So it's, it's been a while. And then have worked in a variety of startups around smart cities and sustainability, did, have done some consulting and design thinking work, and then joined Hitachi almost six years ago now to help build businesses around smart spaces, smart cities, and now part of the environmental business division at Hitachi in the sustainability and ESG practice. Jody? Zach, thanks for having us today. So uh, Jody Hayroth, based out of Denver, Colorado. You know, for, for me, I, I think organizations really have, especially large global organizations like Hitachi, have a big responsibility in terms of giving back as well as being able to really provide and show the art of the possible for the industries and customers that we serve. And so I've been part of the Hitachi family for quite a while, helping businesses understand how to deploy solutions and capabilities at scale. I'm, I'm a bean counter by background in trade. So, you know, I know that, uh, you know, every decision comes down to lots of different choices of, of where to make some of those investments on there. And I love being able to make the case for sustainability and environmental solutions and how that can be good for, good for business, good for profit, good for stakeholders, and good for customers. And so excited to be able to chat today with you. So the first question, maybe direct at Jody here, you know, Hitachi is this tech, tech name, tech brand that, you know, I feel like I've seen a lot more places than I realize. It's like one of those, you know, big tech companies that you, you feel like you got your arm in all kinds of things. But could you tell us a little bit more about who, who Hitachi is and how you fit into the world of tech? Sure, you bet. So yeah, you're right. Hitachi is this technology conglomerate. We've got operations across the globe. We've been in business for something like 112 years now, but we're an innovation-led business. Uh, we have a mission to contribute to society through the development of superior original technology and products. And we manufacture automotive equipment, healthcare technology, computer storage equipment. Our Hitachi Energy business we acquired back in 2020 provides electrical grid integration, transformers, and charging equipment. And in 2021, we, we acquired Global Logic, which provides a massive network of product and software engineering resources. 
And so how is Hitachi approaching sustainability, both internally as a major conglomerate and with your many customers? I love this question, Zach. You know, sustainability is part of Hitachi's DNA, and it's been part of our innovation approach. Hitachi's identified and promoted our own aggressive environmental vision for Hitachi's operations. So we, we strive to achieve carbon neutrality at our business sites by 2030. We're uh, looking at carbon neutrality across our entire value chain by 2050. And it's not just about carbon. We also want to drive 50% improvement in water resources by 2050. And the great thing is we're seeing our companies making progress. Uh, we have numerous facilities that are already carbon neutral today and many organizations that are well on their way. You know, Justin and I are part of this Hitachi's first environmental business division. Uh, we're a purpose-built organization to support the environmental improvement needs for our trusted customers and partners. We're working with customers to advance their own sustainability goals with innovative and proven business solutions and, and creative business models that help them get there. Um, and we're finding our teams increasingly engaged in conversations around decarbonizing operations, around electrifying fleets, and accelerating clean energy resource development. Yeah, and as Jody mentioned, I mean, Hitachi is a giant company that makes bullet trains and energy systems and manufacturing components and all, all kinds of operational technologies and things. And then on the other side, makes a ton of software and artificial intelligence systems and IoT solutions. So there's some really massive capabilities there. And so when we look at the mission of Hitachi around solving those social, environmental, and economic challenges and really bringing value to the world, we're in this really unique position when we are out there talking to you know, cities or fleet managers or energy utilities or whoever it might be, giant you know, manufacturers and corporations, to, to not come to the table and say, hey, we've got a product and we want to sell that to you. Instead, the conversation is, what are your sustainability targets and where do you have challenges in reaching those? And what innovations might help you to reach those, those goals and overcome those challenges? And then because we've got these immense capabilities, we can kind of you know, reach into this internal Hitachi ecosystem and then the ecosystem of partners that we work with to really solve those challenges, right? And, and come to the table with solutions that help them to you know, optimize, measure and report on their supply chains, right? And, and understand the footprints of their supply chains, for example, to convert their fleets into electric and, and make sure they have the charging and electrical infrastructure behind that to, to enable that transition to electric vehicles. Hitachi also makes electric motors and, and parts, right, with Ostimo. So there's, there's even a manufacturing component there. And then looking at, you know, how do we optimize and make more efficient manufacturing lines, make them safer for people, and then reduce the carbon emissions of, of factories and, and of operations of all kinds of different companies. So, so it really becomes a, an interesting conversation around what their goals are, what the impact is that they want to have in the world and what they're beholden to from a regulatory standpoint and also from their customers and, and from the market in general. And then how do we you know, come to the table and, and help, them, help them to do that? So that's a lot of what we do for our customers and how the environmental business division kind of comes to the table to solve some of those grand challenges. And you've both mentioned modern day gold a couple of times, a couple of different ways. That would be data, of course. The world is becoming ever more data-driven. What is the impact of all this data on 
on your side and is it sustainable today or are you on your way there? It, it's this really interesting kind of multifaceted question, right? Because data-driven solutions are really a part of the solution to sustainability, climate change, and a lot of social issues, right? The ability to take a digital solution and give it to one person or give it to a million people is a much easier transition than manufacturing one thing versus 1 million things and giving them to a million people. So there's an immense amount of abundance that can be created through digital solutions. And there's a lot of measurement and operational efficiency and things that can come from digital solutions that help reduce emissions. But the core of that, as you mentioned, is data, right? So the data itself, while seemingly pretty innocuous and you know not using up that much energy, is actually consuming a ton of energy. And yeah, I, always, I always think yeah. of, you know, how we were moving away from printed mail, paper mail to email, and it's going to be so much greener. And now right. you get just flooded with so much email. Like I have, you know, <laughs> it's my, my nightmare is my email box. And it's like, uh, and then you see the stats about how much data, how much, how much that uses, how much emissions it creates and all that stuff. And you're like, ugh. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, it's reducing a lot of the energy density required for that communication, right? You don't have to go chop down a tree, process it, turn it into paper, ship that paper to someone, put it through a printer and all these other things. So that's in itself, organically, a pretty, pretty large reduction in carbon emissions. But then storing, managing, analyzing, running that data is actually having a lot of emissions today, right? And, that, and that's growing. So today that's around 2% of global emissions, which, you know, for comparison is about the same size as the global aviation industry. So when people think about data, they don't really think that it's creating that many, many emissions, but it's about as much as all the planes flying around in the world, which is an incredible amount of, of emissions. And that's actually growing really rapidly because of the build out of so many new data centers. Even when you move to the cloud, that's just someone else's data center. Right. And so that's projected to hit about 14% of global emissions by 2040. Now, some of that is getting reduced through, you know, solutions that help to reduce the or decarbonize the data center, like the ones we're working on, but still it's, it's a big challenge. Right. And so we have to, in creating these digital solutions, do no harm in providing them and, and be able to decarbonize those data centers. So yeah, on the topic, Jody, how do data centers fit, fit into all this on your side, how do you make how do you make sure they're more sustainable? Yeah, so you know, as, as Justin mentioned, you know, these data centers they they consume all this electricity today, and this whole need for data processing and storage is only going to continue to grow. So I think that you know the challenge that data center operators have today is they got to figure out how do they balance the sustainable growth. How do they get more? out of that existing facility, right? The, 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 the footprint of that facility, the energy supply for that facility, but then also ensuring that as they go and build new data centers, that they're built with this whole sustainability mindset. You know, so can data centers be more sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they can, they can source power from renewable energy sources like wind, solar, and geothermal. They can utilize efficient solutions to move the electricity from the grid to the equipment. They can also have more efficient server and network and storage equipment. And when we talk about kind of efficiency here, we're thinking about relative to the physical footprint, right? How much space does that equipment take up? What is its energy consumption? As well as then what's the heat that's being generated? Because as you get, as 
You know, most people know that the challenge with data centers is all of this IT equipment in there. It generates a massive amount of heat. And how do you control and manage that to safeguard the equipment, but do so in an, in an efficient way? But also, we can't forget about the applications. You know, they're the real consumers of the data center. We can be more efficient in the design and the flexibility of our applications so that they can consume the right resources at the right time, at the right location to really minimize their environmental impact. And, and there's a, there are a variety of data center information management systems out on the market. Are they already optimizing the equipment and applications for sustainability? Are they focused on that? Yeah, you know, you're right. There, there are a number of amazing DCIM solutions in the marketplace today that focus on monitoring the health of the IT equipment. They effectively track the equipment. They monitor the equipment status and its utilization. And in some cases, they also provide the data center operators with visibility to that power consumption. But unfortunately, most DCIM solutions in the market today, they don't speak in the language of sustainability or provide operators the data intelligence to make decisions in mind um, of their sustainability goals. So for example, understanding the carbon impact of a particular server or storage equipment based on its power consumption and its power source or knowing where to reallocate resources to minimize the operational carbon impact. Those are some of the things that are kind of missing today. We could also just turn Iceland into a big data center, right? This is <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> on, the, on its way there. Uh, what, what are challenges you're hearing from customers who want to report and reduce their carbon footprints? You have a lot of different customers, so you know, pick and choose, but is it a technology problem for, for them, organizational problem, a training problem, or a regulatory problem even? I think it's I think it's all of the above and, and in different ways depending on who the customer is. But you know, we we talk to a lot of data center managers and sustainability managers and and people who are doing this every day to to figure out how to you know take this solution to market, what it should be, all the functions and requirements and all of that. And I think the regulatory issue is is a big one, right? So everybody knows they're going to have to be reporting more and more about their carbon footprints. The SEC announced that it's going to be making requirements. We don't know exactly what those are yet, but those will be coming to the market pretty quickly. Does that um, create a bit of a problem though? Because people are waiting for waiting for the kind of structure that they, they're going to need to fit into. And in the meantime, they're just like on, they're just, you know, coasting. Yeah. I mean, the people who are waiting are, are going to be in some trouble <laughs> because, you know, they're going to have to figure out how to completely stand up from scratch, some way of measuring it that's auditable and reportable and all of that. But a lot of companies kind of see the writing on the wall and are getting started today. Right. And, and some are doing it because they want to be good corporate citizens. Some know that this is coming down the lane and, and want to prepare for it. But even if the SEC just drops that, there's a lot of states, right? There's a regulation in California, the Corporate Accountability, Climate Accountability Act that's coming up. And that would require every company over a billion dollars doing business in California to report its carbon emissions, right? So if it's not coming from the SEC, it'll come from a state or it'll come from another government. And so that's that's driving a lot of it. But also uh, it's increasingly being asked for by the by the C-suite. So the chief sustainability officer often sits very close to the chief executive officer and everyone else that is making the decisions around the company. And their customers are demanding that they report on and reduce their carbon emissions. So they're getting started on it anyway. But the challenge is these people speak very different languages, right? So when we talk to these people, 
the uh, people managing the data centers who are often engineering focused and understand the day-to-day -day operations say, these people don't understand what I'm going through every day. They don't understand how the whole thing works. And then the sustainability officers and managers say, I know data centers are a big part of the footprint and I know it's something we need to, we need to tackle, but I'm also working on facility sustainability and, and mobility sustainability and you know, recycling programs and social and DNI and all these other things. Data centers is just one part of it. And often the sustainability manager is not an engineer, right? So they don't understand what's happening in the data center and how to reduce the carbon footprint. So they need tools to, this is what has come out of these conversations, right? That they need tools to be able to communicate about what's happening in the data center, what needs to happen in the data center to reduce the footprint to the executive audience. And to do that, they need to be able to gather information from a whole ton of different stakeholders, think holistically about the data center, not just the spinning disks and the servers and all of that, but also the HVAC systems and uh, a variety of things that are um, causing emissions or consuming energy in the data center. So that there's a need for gathering information and collaborating across the organization to get that information. There's a need to communicate it to the executive groups and to engage people to take the actions they need to reduce those, those emissions. Jody, Jody, do you have, do you have yeah, go more on the, the challenges or? Yeah, I, I guess I was going to add to that. You know, I think there, I think there's a couple other things too. I think, you know, organizations right now are looking for silver bullets, right? That they can go and they can implement within their facilities that have these amazing financial paybacks and, and you know, and, and check all the boxes from a sustainability standpoint. So they're really wanting those purpose-built sustainability solutions that are proven. What's interesting right now is we're seeing a lot of companies leaning in now and testing and piloting a lot of these different solutions to understand you know, it's, it's impacts operationally, environmentally, and financially for their, their data centers. And, and so that, that's an area where we're, we're seeing a lot of interest and questions that are coming up. We're also look, seeing and, or hearing a lot from data center operators and managers that they're wanting solutions and partners to reinforce solutions that help them to understand kind of where and how to optimize, you know, things to actually, you know, utilize all of these analytics capabilities that can now come from this data to be able to identify, well, you know, where is equipment overutilized or underutilized from a power consumption standpoint? If I've got choices of, of, of running, you know, running an application on this rack or that rack, how do I make the, how do I make that decision? in terms of reliability and performance, but also with sustainability in mind. And so they're looking to be able to have those tools so they can begin to work that into their own decision-making processes too. And I'm sure you know the answer to this. I, I know the answer to this, but it still is a really important question today. It has been for a few years at least. Can data centers just purchase renewable energy credits, RECs and offsets and be done with it? Why, why isn't that enough to be sustainable? I think sure, you know, it's it's easy enough to go and purchase those renewable energy credits today and offset their power consumption. But as the data center needs continue to expand, organizations are just going to be required to buy more and more over time unless they also invest time and resources into actually optimizing their data centers. So, you know, I expect most organizations will use RECs in the short term to help them achieve those targets while they work on some of those longer term infrastructure needs. 
Um, and I also think that for some organizations, RECs will likely always be a requirement until data centers replace those diesel generators that they have with greener battery storage or fuel cell solutions. Yeah, I think it's like uh, these are these are great for the transition and they're a good sort of stopgap measure for the time being. But every company needs to think about what it's actually emitting and what it's actually consuming and not putting the, the responsibility onto, you know, the, the, the rec generators and the renewable energy project developers and those who are creating these things, we actually need to reduce the emissions all around. And so it, it's a great tool, but it, it's something that and there's um, long being themselves off of. Yeah, there's long been controversy about whether they're really offsetting emission, whether these projects wouldn't happen anyways, whether they're being implemented as said, you know, you don't, you don't ever really know, of course, there's been years of work to try to make them, you know, more in line with the with the goal, the intention, but nothing really beats just not emitting. <laughs> and, and, or, you know, of course, the offsets are, are helpful up to a point, right? So it's a good point, Zach. I, and I think it, it speaks to another element too, right, where we've got these um, ESG funds and sustainability investment, funds. And those are also coming under pretty intense scrutiny, right? And so because of that scrutiny, these companies that are investing are going to have to make sure that these projects are what they say they are, make sure what they're investing is belongs in the basket of ESG and sustainability funds. And what that might do is actually reduce the, the number of projects that are verifiable and can create offsets and renewable energy credits. And that means that they might be more scarce, which means that they might be more expensive. So a lot of these companies might want to think about that risk going down the, down the road that those might become a more expensive form of getting to sustainability or net zero. And so working on you know, getting their own house in order is the best way to go one way or the other. And it comes with many other benefits you know, with supply chain resiliency, for example, um, like employee engagement, like getting into faster growing markets that are focused on sustainability. So there's all kinds of tangential business benefits that come along with tackling the sustainability and ESG challenges internally. Yeah, and I know you guys have both touched on this at times here, but can you talk more about where the push to green data centers comes from, whether it's from the business internally, political push or customer customer pushes? And I guess we could include you know investor push is it from all of those parties combined as is one much more than the other because there's also a business case to just being more efficient and being you know avoiding risk of you know future risk that kind of thing so what can you say about you know the the real impetus for what's greening data centers the most right now yeah i think zach it's hard to point to just one thing right and i think for different companies there's a little bit different driver to it but you know as we were just talking about from an investment portfolio standpoint you've got investors that are looking into you know how they how they want to invest their retirement funds and others into companies that share that same vision around sustainability and environmentalism and so you know we're seeing that that you know green is good for business in that regard i think we we are seeing these government regulations that are coming in place that will require the reporting that are going to require companies to take action and begin to kind of progress regarding their sustainability footprints but, you know, I think what's interesting, too, is that we're seeing the actually the industries really, you know, knowing and understanding that this is a problem and a challenge 
And they're now also proactively leaning in. So across the data center industry, we're seeing organizations that are beginning to set and define standards for how we would look at and, and understand you know, the performance of our data centers around implementing certification processes to look at kind of you know, green and clean data centers as part of an evaluation approach. And, you know, and some of that is because it's the right thing for the industry to do and lean in. And also in lieu of having some of those other regulatory requirements coming in, it's an opportunity for the industry to also kind of self-promote and, and, and make recommendations of how, of how we believe it should be structured and managed. I think, you know, on the, on the, the customer side, you know, we're seeing that, you know, consumers have their own data center, you know, sustainability needs as they're procuring, right, those services that they're thinking about that relative to their own reporting, right, as part of a, you know, their series of value chain. You know, we've been, I've been honestly amazed to see how quick the procurement processes have changed where, you know, it used to just be, you know, tell me the price, tell me the performance, give me your, you know, help me understand kind of resiliency and warranty around products. And now there's a lot more conversations that are going in around, well, help me understand the emission structure, right? Help me understand the carbon composition, right, of that product. And also tell me, you know, as a company, if we're engaging as a, in a long-term strategic partnership, what's your plan to drive sustainability for that? We're, we're hearing that as we talk to co-location providers whose customers are asking to understand, like, what's the carbon footprint of the services that they're procuring from that co-location provider? All the way down to, you know, for Hitachi, we're hearing that of the storage equipment that we're selling to understand its specific structure. What is Hitachi doing to go through and uh, and drive and improve the performance of our product? So it really is on several different dimensions that are all kind of still driving us to the same common goal. Yeah, I'm sure you now get yeah. questions like, you know, where does electricity come from? Is it from a billion hamsters running on hamster wheels generating electricity? <laughs> No, they would. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, would be renewable, I guess, if the hamsters were having a good time. Right? Yeah, yeah, well, that's, a, that's a PETA issue now. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, yeah, getting a little... Add to that too, right? Okay, go ahead. I think a lot of these companies are actually in a pretty tough spot, right? So on the one hand, they've got these, you know, highly rapidly increasing demands for sustainability and green. And then on the other hand, you've got this growing awareness of and less tolerance for greenwashing, right? And so just purchasing some racks or, you know, just doing something that you can point to green and saying, hey, we're a green company now, almost puts a target on your back in some ways, right? If you're not doing it correctly, because people have access to all the information on the internet and how you're achieving it, and, and you're having to report more and more about how you're doing it. It can't just be a tagline. And so they're, they're really having to figure out how to really do it now, not just as a marketing program, but as an operational program and as a, you know, procurement and supply chain program. And it touches every kind of element of the organization and they need to do it for real now. And, and it's, it's a tough spot because a lot of them are just figuring this out. There's not that many sustainability experts out there in the world. These companies are trying to hire them like crazy, but it's going to take a lot of expertise to figure out exactly how each one of these companies goes green for real and doesn't do so just as a, as a marketing push. And how does this work for enterprise co-location or hyperscaler data center operators? Sure. You know, great question, Zach. So I think, you know, we've talked to operators across the board, right? From the from big guys, little guys, from those that are privately owned, publicly owned. And I would say that, you know, the organizations have far, far more in common than they're different. 
it's really just kind of honestly a matter of scale. So, you know, businesses that are in the business of data centers, right? So your hyperscalers and your co-location providers, you know, many of them have these custom-built solutions and, and access to data about their, their operations. But what's interesting is, you know, those that we talk to, everyone's still looking for more visibility to that, to that carbon footprint for their operations, right? They, they, wanna, they wanna get all the way down to this granular data, down to like the equipment level, so that they can actually understand, you know, what, what, should, what, do they, what should they update? You know, what should they upgrade? What should they replace? When should they do that? They, they want the ability to actually kind of plan all of those investments, right, to understand, okay, I've got this goal that someone's professed out there. It says, I want to be at this place by 2030, 2040, 2050, you know, pick your decade. And they're now looking at to say, okay, well, like, how am I going to get there? Right. I've got, how do I set up the milepost and what are the, what's the dollars? What's the investments that I need to put behind that to be able to get me to that specific goal. And they want to be able to, to be able to plan and understand how that looks together. But then also, you know, there's this, there's this element of, of accountability and responsibility. So you got to be able to measure and understand, okay, great. I did that project. I upgraded that equipment. Did it move the needle like I expected it to? And really to be able to understand the impact. And, and that's actually something that we're really starting to see even more because as you go to, as organizations go to achieve these sustainability goals and initiatives, it is going to take investment. And it's, but it's the right investment for the right long-term benefit. But for that investment, it now means that the data center managers and sustainability managers need to be able to bring those stories back up to the C-suite to be able to explain and defend the case for that investment and the case for continued investment to be able to get them there. Thanks. Well, similarly, or, you know, again, sort of getting granular, I feel like a, a concern that I might have if I was in their shoes would be like just at the beginning phase. How much is this going to cost me? Like, what do I need to, to you know, I've, we've invested this much in, in all this hardware, all this software. What's it going to be if we dive in and, and we have to replace all of this? So, so what's the kind of will data centers do? Data centers need to rip and replace their equipment and software to go green? Does it vary? You know, what, what's the situation with kind of having to, uh, you know basically lose, you know, stranded, have end up with stranded assets or, you know, trash investments or have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of a, a tension there, right? So they might want to move to more efficient infrastructure, but that is going to hold a lot of embodied carbon, right? And it takes a lot to build and assemble and transport all of that equipment. And so they don't want to just kind of rip and replace altogether, but they'll want to understand when it's optimal to replace, because they're going to be replacing this hardware anyway. But with the right tools and analytics and information, they can understand when it makes sense to replace that infrastructure when it's starting to go down from an operational standpoint, but also when it's starting to consume more and more electricity and uh, have more emissions associated with it to the point where you're going to want to replace it with something more efficient. And so having those tools is really helpful so that they know when the right time is to replace that and to understand, you know, what that embodied carbon is and what the e-waste would be for them, because that's a big part of it too, right? The e-waste in the world is huge and data centers are contributing to that too. When Hitachi is like working with a client, how much is just selling a product or service? How much is basically helping them manage that transition, like helping them go from wherever they are to 
the end goal? Is that a big part of what you're offering? Yeah, you know, it's a it's, it's a great question. It really it really feels like it's feel, feels like it's about 50-50 right now. There's a lot of conversations up front to be able to help and understand where an organization is today. What do they have in place? What's working, what's not working with it? And then where do they need to kind of progress to? And so that's a lot of upfront time in assessments and measurements and design activities and planning activities to be able to go and then and then implement that initial project. But I think you know what we find is that by spending time up front uh, and being really purposeful around you know the goals and objectives and the right getting the right kind of metrics in place for those projects, you have the ability to take then that that initial pilot or that initial kind of you know your your, your alpha beta project and demonstrate its success and and have all of the support mechanisms and then know what it takes so that you can then go and replicate that out across your data center right for you know a smaller data center operator or if you're a larger operator who has a fleet of data centers, then to be able to take that experience and then go replicate it and achieve the same financial and environmental benefits in others. And so I think more time up front and getting that set up, getting things in place, then it helps to then ensure that you then have the ability to repeat it and actually drive the full value down the road. And so, you know, a lot of what we've talked about is measuring, it's data, 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 measuring, optimization, then there's the you know the renewable energy inputs uh, ideally. What other uh, aspects of the data center facility are are critical here? You have the HVAC systems, other energy efficiency equipment. What what else is at play here? It's a great question. So you know, for us, I think you know when we think about sustainability and and, and improving data center operations, you know, it it really is a multi pronged approach. So, you know, I think you have to think about it in terms of your power supply. So where are you getting your primary power for your data center? What is it that your local utility provides? What are, you know, what might be available based on where your facility happens to be located and some of its physical capabilities? You also have to think about that of it relative to, you know, your backup power supply. You, you need to think about it in terms of the power equipment, right? So looking at that transformer equipment, right? Looking at un, and understanding how you get the power from the meter to that your IT racks that are within your data center. It's also about the building infrastructure. So thinking about it in terms of your HVAC systems that are providing overall cooling and, and temperature management for the facility. It's the IT infrastructure, right? The server and network and storage equipment. It's the applications, it's the people in process. Now that 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 seems like a lot, right? And you know, and 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 but those are kind of all the aspects that you would look at in terms of kind of you know data center, kind of a whole health or whole sustainability standpoint. But you know, do you have to tackle everything at once? No, I mean this this is a journey, or or maybe it's a marathon, or or maybe it's more like an urban adventure race, if that's like a better analogy. You know, I think you know companies have to look to see you know where do you have opportunities in your facility today? Like where do you know? Right, there's challenges and pains and inefficiency. You know, where do you have existing uh, knowledge and resource within your teams to go and inspire and analyze and look at those specific opportunities. And then, you know, I think you also have to lean on partners and lean on companies like Hitachi and others that can come in with suggestions and provide advice and external counsel and prompt you in terms of where you might be able to, you know, drive and achieve those meaningful benefits 
for your organization, but then, you know, and, and then also understand that path forward. You know, I, I honestly think that the most important step is really to kind of set some initial milestones and, and understand then with those milestones, like you, you then have the ability to get off the starting line, right? You can start progressing. You can start to then have those initial wins and then you can promote those wins with the team, with the data center team, with your sustainability team, with the other shareholders and stakeholders around your data center operations and use that to build momentum on your sustainability journey. Yeah, and there's also new innovations that are coming out pretty rapidly, right? Just like the rest of the tech sector, there's a ton of innovation, there's a ton of new capability that's coming to the fore in the in the industry, things like immersion cooling, right? That actually submerge your infrastructure in a coolant, in a liquid coolant, right? And and all these different ways of approaching the problem that could be a really interesting pathway. There's a lot of new AI models, right? To manage HVAC systems and applications and, and all of that. There's even just different ways of doing it. Do you want to shift your compute to a different geography, right? At a certain time of day, is there a strategy you can take in that sort of operations of, of managing and storing the data? Do you need some at this point and another points that starts looking a little bit like energy management, right? Where you want to use, use the energy from a battery when grid electricity is expensive and you want to, you know, generate, or you want to use grid energy when it's cheap, right? So there, there's interesting sort of parallels and corollaries to different industries and other sort of tech innovations that are going on that, you know, some other uh, operators and innovators in the industry can, can bring to the table. Do you want to do all those at once? No, but need to think about, as Jody said, your data center, what are the dynamics there? What are the goals you're trying to achieve? And that'll help figure out, you know, what it is that you need and what level of innovation you need, because a lot of, to be quite frank, a lot of these data centers are just getting started, right? And and just having that initial measurement and ability to monitor from uh, a carbon standpoint is is a big game changer. And then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, I, th- I think we can say it's pretty much exactly like uh, going to Disney World. This is what you're talking, basically saying here. You know, you have a big big course ahead, big big adventure ahead of you. You got a you know different tech innovations, exhilarating when you. Sometimes you have headaches, get exhausted. You have to plan, you know, your projects. We're going to tackle this one right now, tackle that one later. You have a lot of, you can explore different worlds, I think one of you said. So it sounds, you know, I was I was going to make the joke earlier and then you kept adding on to these. I was like, gosh, this, this is a perfect metaphor. This is just, the only thing you don't have are screaming kids behind you. But if you're working from home, maybe you do. You're a tech guy, right? So this is <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, that sounds, it sounds exciting. I mean, what's that? You got to get your ticket, your wristband and your map, right? Yeah. Or you yeah. can get on any rides. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it definitely, I think, you know, you guys explained it really well. It can be a lot of fun. It can be really exciting to explore that one where you're immersive. Uh, what was it? What did you call it? it immersion cooling. Immersion, immersive cooling, uh, immersion cooling. This, you know, you, you really get to explore, hey, maybe we put a data center in, in Iceland. Let's go visit Iceland. You know, it's like, you know, so I think there is a lot more fun in it than probably people think at first. But as a final question, like as someone f- will pretend who has a data center, owns or operates a data center, and I'm just starting to think, okay, I got to get into this green thing. We don't want to be last, last. What kind of, what can I expect as, as far as, you know, potential impact? What can I expect as far as 
how soon I, I collapse on the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> potential impact, potential, you know, savings and all that. What, what can I can be realistically thinking is, is possible? I mean, you can't manage what you can't measure, right? So it really is about figuring out how much you're spending on electricity, where the savings opportunities might be. There might be something really simple, right? We, you know, we talked to a, a data center recently that just put up some, you know, plastic curtains around certain parts of the data center to change the flow of the, the heat. And that gave them a huge reduction in energy spend, right? And on the hundreds of thousands of dollars level, right? And so there's, there's all kinds of interesting things that you can do that, you know, may give you millions of dollars in savings, may give you tens of thousands, or may just make your life a lot easier because it's a lot easier to send that report over to the sustainability manager about what your emissions are and then what your plan is to reduce them. And then that kind of roadmap for you to follow and, and you know, keep yourself accountable along the way. Yeah, wasn't it Deming that said that, that if you can't measure it, you can't manage it? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just, I, I, I 100% agree. I think it's the, you know, start off with some of those areas, go get some data, start comparing the performance of, of your, of your equipment, right? One piece of equipment to another one data center to another. And I think what you'll find is you'll start on kind of a whole journey, right? To understand where things are more efficient, right? Where you can then go through and make decisions and start kind of picking those lead dogs and the improvement. And, and the reality is, is, it's not just a one-time equipment replacement and upgrade process or a one-time optimizing, right? And changing how you're allocating it. It really is kind of a whole frame of mind, right? And around how you need to constantly look and examine your operations, how you need to kind of seek out areas for improvement. And technology is going to continue to change. You know, Justin spoke about some amazing tech um, that's, you know, now, you know, you're hearing about things like quantum computing coming out on the horizon. You've got, you know, other solutions that are, you know, that are, that are even further out there that are going to constantly drive, you know, differences and, uh, and are, and are going to be fun for this industry to be able to work through and understand how to leverage those technologies and then how to chart this interesting path, right? About how you take where you are today and you slowly evolve and you move because, you know, not all companies are going to have the liberty of just going through and basically just building a brand new data center from scratch, right? They're going to be taking what they have, right? And they're going to need to be, you know, evolving and moving that uh, over time, as well as, you know, we're seeing a lot of our customers too that are finding that, you know, they're also in these hybrid situations, right? Where they have their own data center that they're utilizing for something, but then they're also utilizing cloud providers for it. And so, I think there are lots of different operate, uh, options out there for data center operators to be able to go through and drive sustainability into, into their, build, uh, their business. And you know, I think now's a great time to really start testing those and, and, and beginning to kind of prove them out because you know, 2030, 2040 is gonna come here before we know it. And so building a plan now and starting to execute on it is really setting you, know, you and your company up for success. Yeah, I think you guys have, I mean, in the course of this interview, it made it sound a lot more fun to me, exploring the different tech, you know, planning your journey, you know, and and uh, maybe the Disney metaphor just got to me a little bit too much. But even, you know, there's not I th- one final, you know, part of that, you know, there's not one route, you know, you all, can, everyone can pr- plan their own route, like we want to go here first, we want to do this first, 
this second we want to go we, we want to tackle this fun new exciting idea like what's this you know this this tech so i think that's that makes it sound a lot more fun than hey we got to green our data center oh we got to cut our emissions you know i think uh you've made it sound exciting and fun which means uh you must be both really good at what you do if you make it fun it's always you're always you're always better at something any final words any final comment anything we missed on this topic I think Zach, I'll say just you know, thanks for letting us uh, join you here today to have this conversation. It's a it's an area we're really passionate about. It's a really awesome opportunity for the industry, and you know, I, I I know together, right? When we all lean in together as organizations to be able to go after this mission, we can be successful. And so, uh, really excited to be able to 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 share with you guys today where we see some of those opportunities where others are. And certainly, you know, we'd love to be able to continue to hear, right? And uh, we're keeping an eye out on other companies that are doing amazing things in this space that are looking to, you know, partner and that are that are that are pushing, you know, that innovative edge, right? With uh, with capabilities, because now's the time to bring those things to the table. There's a there's no, you know, opportunities or solutions that are I, you know, I guess off the table, right? It's the, you know, I think everyone's open and looking at, you know, all opportunities that we can to be able to drive sustainability into these critical operations. And, you know, and, and, and for Hitachi, you know, data centers are, you know, are a key element for us, but it's just one of the elements that we're pursuing. Maybe we can talk about those other things in the future. Yeah, Zach, thanks for having us. It was a really fun conversation and and really interesting stuff. And and thanks to the listeners too for making it this far. And if you have, you know, thank you and kudos to you for starting down this path. We need all hands on deck to to tackle climate change and a lot of these things that are that are going on and the challenges we have in front of us. So thanks for your uh, thanks for your work and help on this and and getting educated. And yeah, looking forward to tackling this together. Thank you. And I'll just say my final comment, we've covered, I've covered or, or, or edited, managed uh, coverage of greening data centers for more than a decade. We've been covering this for probably 15 years. And I, I really think you guys made it sound more interesting than ever to me. I really went from like, ah, that's a topic. Yeah, that's, that's something uh, to like, well, that could be really fun. Like, I want to jump in. I want to do this, you know, get involved, walk, walk through behind someone who's greening a data center, you know, over the course of a few years and, and, and ongoing, ongoing, you know, adventures. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. I hope a lot of listeners also got more out of it than they expected uh, going in. And uh, I'm sure we'll have more fun on other topics in the future. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,